Hi, and welcome to another Mystery School. I'm your host, Jacob Cox, and our topic tonight is magic. And I am excited for a magical night with all of you guys. Um, it's a topic that I am, you know, love and am completely interested in. It is probably uh, the topic that I am most interested in these days and right now for good reason. There are probably people out there who, you know, use magic as a tool to manipulate the masses and create a um, reality distortion that makes us believe, um, you know, that we're not good enough, that the world is a certain way and there's not enough resources for everybody. And, you know, we all we all know those things. So um, I think one of the best things that we can do personally is learn the magic for ourselves and not to be afraid of those things anymore, not to be afraid of a pentagram or something, realizing that it is some sacred geometry that is a tool. Magic is a tool. And just like a gun, you can use it to go hunting or you can you can use it to kill someone. It is a tool that can be used in any way in the universe. Doesn't really have, you know, any kind of um, judgment on you, how you use it. You're going to learn things from it, whether you use it for good, seemingly good or bad, um, positive or negative. We all learn from the things that we do. So, but I think I, you know, I hear so many people these days, I got to win the lottery or I got to make more money, sell my house and do all these extra things, save some cash up so we can all sell everything and go live in the woods. And it's like, man, it just seems like that's a lot more work, you know, getting more into the matrix, getting more jobs, trying to make more money, as opposed to how can we manifest out of thin air, you know, the things that we really want. I mean, so for so long in our history, there have been people to do magical miracles and, and those kind of things. And, you know, now even what we think of as a magician is just an illusion. You know, they're illusionists. They're just doing illusions. Uh, but certainly the magician that we know of today comes from that fact that people like the Magi did miracles um, and not just Christ, Buddha, you know, other Krishna, other saints and mystics and uh, St. Antipas and people could cure people from diseases and things. So, how, you know, how come we are still living in a world where um, we aren't doing those things? We're not healing those people when we need scalpels and knives and surgeries and things. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying maybe there's a cheaper, better, more efficient, quicker, faster way to do these things. And, um, you know, we all know about the power of our minds, the power of our hearts, but there are magical aspects to the world. And I want to talk about some of those things today, you know, wands and crystal balls and, you know, some of these things, like I said, we may have been push to believe that these things are negative or evil or are terrible. But like I said, again, they're just tools. And um, some people are using magical rituals and holidays to divert our fearful energies and our energies in general back to their pentagrams, back to their obelisks. And it seems like that's been something done in many civilizations throughout time. Um, and it's time for us to take our power back. So I want to get to that tonight. So let's go ahead and start our magical journey, if you will. Again, thank you guys for joining me to our Mystery School of Magic. And um, yeah, that's where we're at. We are at a place in our time where we really need to start look back at the past and see what people were doing. And can we do those things today? I mean, Christ said, you know, he's walking on water. And I believe it's Peter says, Christ, if that's Lord, if that's you, let me come over there. And he starts walking and it's the thunder and the lightning and he gets afraid and he 
you know, obviously he sinks into the water and Christ goes there and picks him up. So if you only had the faith of a mustard seed, man, it's a tiny little seed that grows into a massive tree. What if we had that faith to do those miracles? You can do all these things I'm doing and greater things. Why would Christ, if he's the only son of God, you know, that, that can do these things. Why does he give us that direct permission to say, you can do all these things I'm doing and greater things greater than I, um, because I believe he meant every single word of it and that we are all God's children, sons and daughters. And that when we become the only son, it, to me, that means you were like the universe itself, unconditional love, no judgment, allowing everyone to be exactly who they are. And that's pure freedom. That's pure love for letting people do that. So let's move on, move on down. So obviously one of the first ones, probably most people think of, you know, if you're into magic is that magician card, number one, right after the fool. I love this card. I've been one of the synchronicities that I've been getting the past couple of months is getting this card regularly every other day, every couple of days at least. Um, and just really signifying to me that when I ask the universe, like I need something else besides money and, you know, jobs, what, what asking my guys, what is it that I need to know um, to help me get to the places I want to be in life? And this, it was just a clear word and magic. And so I've been really diving deep into that ever since. Um, and that's the thing with magic. You got to know it's still here. It's all around us. It just stays invisible for you. Um, if you don't believe in it, you're not going to see it. Many people think you have to see to believe. I think with most of the great joys in life, you have to believe it first. Uh, you have to believe in love before you really experience. You have to believe in magical arts and mystical arts before they'll come to you. You have to be ready when the student is ready, then the teacher will appear with the answers and the information that you need to move forward and move on. Because those who don't believe in it, well, they're not going to find it. It's not that it's like hidden from us, but like if you don't believe in something, how are you ever going to see it? You know, how are how is it ever going to you know show up for you um, if you don't believe that those synchronicities, that those people that you meet, the events that you go to, the aha moments that you have, or eureka moments that you have. That's all part of it. And just to, to, you know, just say those are coincidence or whatever, that's really not to your benefit. You know, it's really, you're really putting things off and, you know, amplifying those things. I feel like is we really want to go. So seeing synchronicities, seeing those things happen, that's what we want. Um, one of the things I said to someone earlier was in the past two months, I've really dived into magic and, and, you know, asking show the universe to show me signs, to give me synchronicities. One of the things that came up was, um, you know, I, I wanted to go get my shoes out to go play basketball the other day. And I had the word magic in my shoes. It must've fell off of a, um, you know, a vision board or something in the closet, but that's just crazy to be buying books, diving deep into topics and to find something like that. To, to get the magician card all the time, to find synchronicities that just prove, yes, keep going. This has happened to me for many years now, well over a decade where I'm on to one subject and it just there's just so many verifications, so many um, confirmations from the universe saying, get, keep going, don't stop, just keep doing it. Um, and to be like a child because children see magic because they look for it. They still believe that it exists. No one has told them yet that it doesn't. They haven't even had it beat it out of them yet that you know, there's no such thing as magic. There's no such thing as an easy fix. Money doesn't grow on trees. All these laws that we have that we push on to kids and it 
you know, when they're in the Garden of Eden state, that everything is magical, you know, like uh, a bug in the grass is magical, you know what I mean? And like we have become so numb to the beauty of the universe and the world, like we become these adults and super serious and like we lost that childlike magic that we talked about last uh last mystery school in the, in the inner child one. And that is it's so powerful to find that inner child state to be enamored with right now what's going on, because it's not going to be something that happens tomorrow. It's not going to be something that happens next week or next year. When the magic hits you, it will be right now, N-O-W, here now. It's always here now. Um, and, you know, that time is not this. It, can, it is, but it's not always just this linear thing. Everything is happening simultaneously right now. And so when that magic hits you, it's going to be right now in this moment. you got to get really into how incredibly awesome this moment is and what's all around us and what's here. The angels that are here with us and the guides and you know, the spirits and everybody. And, you know, when you really get enamored with it, you call people in and it gets juiced up and anything's possible. And I think that's what really magicians knew. <clears throat> that maybe we're not understanding today everything's so logical um but logic's only going to take us from a to b from here to there imagination will take us everywhere i mean you need to think about it i magi nation it's the place inside of us where we're all magicians that that magical imagination where you can create everything in the whole world right now when you look around at the physical realm Everything that's that we can see is all because of some thought that someone came up with first. It had to be an imagination first before someone can create a bike or a TV or whatever it is. And think of it first before you can build it or create it. So our imagination can bring us to places and put us in worlds and dimensions and understandings that the logic won't get to. You got to get rid of the logic, move on from that. Um, and really, honestly, more than anything, I do believe magic is essentially the higher understanding of nature. It's not like we say magic and they're like, oh, it's magical. We don't understand it. But really, there is an understanding. There is a science. There is a mystical art to understanding something. It's like a technology. You know what I mean? Um, and we can use it as a tool. And it is a tool that you can use for whatever you want. You can use it for good, bad, evil, whatever. Um, and again, all those things are kind of relative because you're going to learn something from all of it. But um. It has to be some kind of understandable technology that obvious that mystery schools, secret sex um, and spirituality, uh, spiritualities have throughout many ages and from the dawn of time probably have just cultivated and got to know and understand more. And there are obviously different understandings of it and, and, and ways of going about it. But some of the ways definitely are always seem to be similar. So this is a technology that you could learn just like anything else, you know? And, and I think, I think not to say that it being illogical like that, but I think there is a way to see it that way for some folks who may not be, you know, I don't know about that. Like, you know, there is a science to this, I do believe. And that synchronicity is ever pre is an ever present reality for those who have eyes to see. And, and that's what I said, was talking about earlier. This is synchronicity is when you fall into something, when you get on a topic, when you ask the universe to give you those confirmations of what's happening in your life to let you see deeply into your life and, and what you're looking at and let you know that you're on the right track. And it's so good to get those synchronicities and let you know. So obviously when we talk about those magicians, the first thing many of us think about is, you know, the old wizards with the pointy hats and the owls and the archetypes and everything. And, and that's certainly true. I mean, I, I definitely think of that myself. 
and the wands and the phoenixes and different things that really go along with magic. And there's obviously, like I said, the owls and the wands and crystal balls and magical books and spells and all those things. And we know witches too, right? Witches, you know, the female wizard, she's powerful in all her glory and she knows how to make her tinctures and her herbs and magically mix all these things together and create spells and potions and you know and we just have this you know especially with witches even more um this negative association to it right like oh man which is bad and they've been burned at the stake and they but you got to think about how many people have died in the name of truth you know christ was was crucified on a cross and people have been burned to the stakes and uh you know people killed and chopped down and just brutally murdered for no good reasons um, other than suppressing something or just being completely terrified and fearful of something they don't understand something that looks magical, but really is just an understanding of nature that most people don't understand, but there's always been a few that have. And, you know, sometimes we see those people when we look up to them oftentimes, especially in history, those people end up murdered or crucified and then put on a pedestal later on and, and given certain, prestige afterwards but not during their life um and i think there's a good reason for that too but you know definitely the witch and all her glory and her magical spells and all the things that she's about um again certainly um uh, i right on par with the wizard and magic um i i tried to even use like you know not the green witch with the word i don't even like like that image i try to find you know what i real powerful beautiful women who are witches and and those kind of things is you know doesn't have to be an older person to do it or or whatever anybody can understand these aspects and these technologies and this as understanding and this tool to use it but what's interesting is regardless if it's a witch or a wizard they've all got these pointy hats on typically why are we always using this pointy hats and this is something I'm just going to go through real quick. I've, I've used this, this, um, this talk before in the spontaneous evolution, but we have always had and seen on writings and um, carvings, all kind of things, these people with these pointy hats on, right? And, we've, and we see many, many gods and, and Buddhas and Shivas and Christ who all have, you know, um pointy heads or some kind of enlightening bun on their head and the bible talks about a crown of life that can't be taken from you and it's not just males there's obviously females um and and different people who have reached the stage of enlightenment that seem to be magical seem to have an understanding of the universe and nature that most people don't have and that's something that i feel like a lot of people associate the elongated skull with aliens like all the elongated skull people were always people from other planets who came down which i'm certain that there was many of them that did however i do believe that there is a spontaneous process of our evolution a metamorphosis basically if you will um where people go into the wilderness tempted by the devil or uh negative dark forces to overcome the basically hell um, and have the keys to heaven and hell to master the light and the dark um, to become the ultimate wizard the ultimate magician and i think that is what we're looking at when why these people had um, 
always wearing, you know, the pointy hats, the wizards and the witches and why they were so afraid. I mean, they weren't just making tinctures that they could do things that the modern person couldn't do. And it scared, scared people a great, you know, a great deal. If you can see a blind person all of a sudden see, if you see, um, you know, someone walk who hasn't walked their whole life and someone just comes and does it in an instant, you are definitely afraid. That's not something people understand. It's not what they've been told is possible. And again, yeah, they they said, oh, the devil, you know, and how many things back then was, oh, that's demons. And, and still today, that's demons. And you just write it off as something. I don't understand that, but I know it's, know it's bad. I know it's negative. Um, but that's not necessarily true. You know, it's just, you know, our own dismissal of something without really getting to know it and understanding it. There's nothing that you should be afraid of. If it's not something good for you, that's fine. But as a chess player, I can tell you this. When we play in a game, I want to know everything about you. I want to know every, you know, how you think, your strategies. So if there are people performing magic, you know, on people, I want to know why. I want to know how they do it. I want to know where they do it. What how do they how do they get to those points? So at least you can't use it on me. You're not going to use that technique on me. I'm going to know what you're doing before you get there. There's always, there's no reason, at least not to research, not to get to know it, to understand it. Make known the unknown. And uh, even Confucius was said to have had a misshapen head that looked like a crown on his head. Um, and we all know, you know, how much um, he's talked about. Um, and again, Nefertiti, Akhenaten and their kids and King Tut. And even when they, when they dig up King Tut's grave and they take his body out and they pull his skull out. And this is a, you know, they, they basically made what they think he would look like. And um, he's obviously got a little bit of elongated skull. And if you look back at certain Kings and royalty and stuff, you know, there are a lot of paintings and pictures and stuff of people who have uh, more elongated skulls probably than the normal person. And they're just descendants of people like that. Uh, and they hold what they believe to be, you know, great truth, but they they use what little bit they know over the people um, so that they can manipulate us, so they can take advantage of us. And, you know, we all know the Matrix was not a, you know, just a movie. It's a documentary. And that there are there are entities out there and people out there that want to take advantage of us, want to use our energy. Um, certainly. I mean, get over it. That's that's the deal. And take our power back. Stop letting people do that. Um, it only takes a few of us to get together to empower ourselves, take our power back, to completely change this planet overnight. I think a lot of people don't realize how fast things can change. I know a lot of you out there probably like me have had synchronicities, downloaded information or understandings in just a split second, just knew something all of a sudden that, you know, you just, it just came from in your DNA, from a past life, whatever you want to call it, but something that you just knew all of a sudden. If you, if something like that can happen to you, you know, for me, I was a bartender in Atlanta for over a decade. And it only took a few big things to happen. Like I am selling all my stuff, giving it away and moving to Colorado to work with kids. And everybody thinks I'm crazy, but I'm not, you know, maybe I am a little crazy, but um, those kind of things, like it, I was changed in a second, in a moment. And if I can change a moment, I know this planet can change in a moment too. And the things that we all want really can happen way faster and quicker than we believe it. Um but people have made us think that things don't happen like that. It takes time. No, it takes the will, the intention, and to wake up and to bask in your in your gratitude and in your knowing um, to move on. So anyway, King Tut's got this elongated skull, not as big as some of the other ones. He's, you know, generationally uh, probably gets smaller from, from uh, 
you know, offspring to offspring. I mean, I want to take you somewhere for a second. So this is the yarmulke, right? And this is what the Jews wear. And so a lot of people say, well, Christ probably didn't have an elongated skull, but I don't know. I, I'm no scholar, but that sure does look really close to what King Tut has on the back of his head only. It's something he's putting on his head. And to me, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Maybe Christ did have this elongated skull. Maybe that his own people are imitating that. And that's what they're showing because the crown is on the very top of your head. This is the crown of your head, right? And the babies has a soft spot on their head there when they're little. If we were to go back and be really like babies again, to be really uh, in that magical state, to be wide open, maybe our brain, maybe our heads can soften up a little bit, just enough to where there is some kind of process where our evolution takes place overnight. When we look at evolution and we dig up bones and we see bodies, we don't see Neanderthals turn into Homo sapiens. You don't see shellfish turn into fish. You see shellfish, fish, Neanderthals, Cro-Magnon man, Paleolithic man, Homo sapiens. You don't see things over millions of years change. That's not what happens. Um, you see this this one and this one. And, and a lot of times they're along, especially hominids are all walking beside each other at the same time, same moments in history. And then all of a sudden something's gone and something's here. Um, I think that evolution is spontaneous. I think what we talk about a lot of times you hear people talk about that burst of solar flare from the sun, um, a polar shift. Um, there are a lot of things that could happen that could drastically change the energy in, in, on this planet very fast. And I think we need to be open to possibilities here, you know, like from everything that we read, Atlantis sank in a night, in a day. Right. How could a great civilization like that sink in the water in a day? Drastic things happen quickly, especially when we're getting closer and closer to zero point. And if you don't know what that is, go back and watch my Taurus episode and that we are vastly coming down the vortex to a zero point where the seeds are and the new growth is and the new life is. And um, things are happening quickly and we're realizing things faster. It's almost like there's not as much time in the day. It's not that time is there's less time. But you're realizing things more and your consciousness is becoming greater and your awareness is becoming greater, faster, quicker. You know, what we learn, a conversation that you can have in five minutes can be more than someone learned in 500 years in past lives. The information is that much more readily available and quicker and faster and realizing more so much faster. So I do believe that Christ did have a long day school. I believe that he did in his um pulled to the wilderness where he's in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and he fast and he's tempted by the devil. I do believe in my own, this is my own personal belief that he has this transformational process that is physically changing as well. And I do believe that he had elongated bit of elongated skull. And I think personally, I, I believe that he, they probably wrapped that crown of thorns right around that, that top of that crown um, where his elongated skull was. And he was the King of the Jews. And um, you know, this is the crown. That's the crown, not a gold piece of gold metal that people put on there, project themselves to be greater than thou than everyone else. But a real king has a crown that cannot be taken from a crown of life that can be taken from me. And I do believe that's what he had. And I do think that is what a lot of magicians have. This isn't just only to Christ. This is, like I said, there are many beings. So I believe how long ago who didn't come from other planets, but earn their stripes, earn their crown through a evolutionary process. That I think seems to probably happen. And no matter what, if it's instantaneously or on down the road, it seems that 
you know, when we talk about aliens with bigger heads and bigger skulls and we, we watch those movies on TV and, you know, subconsciously, we all know that people who have more brain capacity are more intelligent. And we find all these skulls everywhere from Peru to Egypt. You know, we just know that that's our evolution regardless. That's where we're going, right? We're not just, we didn't just end evolution. We got opposable thumbs now. We're all good and two thumbs up. No, there's a lot more. And I think a lot of it is we will change physically and we will change our brains. I mean, you're, you mean in your brain, brain plasticity, every time when you're a kid and you learn how to hold a cup, when you learn how to walk and talk, your brain is constantly plastic. Boom, boom, boom. Every time you learn something, you get a little wrinkle in your brain. The surface area now has become greater because it wrinkles up just like the mountains. The mountains are literally probably the brain plasticity of the planet. So you are constantly becoming more plastic. Boom, boom, boom. More people who have more wrinkles are more intelligent. They've learned more things. They've had more aha, eureka moments than people who haven't. So my, I'm saying in this process, and here's a great quote, Matthew, and this is what Christ said. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to your stature? Literally saying you're going to get taller by thinking pretty much. And I do believe he's saying that you're going to get the cubit is going to be higher from that head because you're thinking and you're using that I imagination inside of you. And so you're pumping up all those um, that brain plasticity and making those mountains and boom, boom, boom. And you just blast through and you have, you know, a DMT moment in that 40 day dark, you know, period that you're in to blast through to become a magician, to become a Christ, a Buddha, a Krishna. And I, and I, and, uh, you know, you can't prove it, but I certainly have a, a long pull for that for a long time. And I hope if anybody else has any information on that, um, they'd love to share it. I did tell this one time to, uh, David Wilcock at a, at a talk back in 2012, and I showed him this quote and everything too. And boy, he, we had a good conversation after that. Um, they agree with me. And, you know, it's just one of the things you don't see a lot. You don't hear a lot about. But, you know, everybody always talks about aliens with big skulls. But I, I don't think all those people that we all those skulls that we found are from other planets. I do think a lot of them are own. So I do want to take you down to the Bible again. Um, one thing before we go to the slide and really say anything is, you know, a lot of people say, well, you're going to use a couple slides from the Bible that kind of go with what you're saying. And there's a lot of things in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, that say, Magic is bad. Sorcery is bad and everything. We shouldn't do it. And I just want to um, say, you know, when we talk about what the Bible is and stories, remember that there were a lot of gods back then. There were a lot of fallen angels and, you know, people probably from other planets who came down here and seeded mankind, had sex with our women and created Nephilim and everything else. And um, they were the gods. They were the lords. They were the ones in charge. They were the ones that we worked for because the word worship comes from the word workship. They were the ones that we tied our gold to. Why would you tie gold to God? Especially when God in the New Testament, no man has ever seen the face of God, that God is love. And when we love, God dwells in us. How could a guy who, how could love land in a fiery rocket chariot on top of a mountain and give people hundreds of tablets. I just don't see it. I see that as something else. And not that I'm saying it's bad or good or positive or negative. I'm just saying when I think of God and I think of love and that unconditional Holy Spirit feeling that I felt by myself many times, that is what I'm looking for. And I do think we have to realize why there's so many names, Jehovah, to Elohim, to um, different names for God and Lord. You know, the, Moses followed his Lord in a uh, cloud by day, in a fiery chariot at night. My God that I 
you know, the, that I worship and the dwelleth within me is does not need a fiery chariot to fly around him. So there are a lot of things in the Bible that most of us wouldn't agree with. Most of us wouldn't kill our wife if they had an affair or something like that. You know what I mean? There are a lot of rules in the Old Testament. So we have to think, why are there so many rules? Why are there so many laws? Not to say that the first 10 are good, but certainly telling people not to do certain things. Don't do this. Don't kill people. Like when you tell people not to do things, I tend to see that people do them. Don't eat this cookie. You can guarantee that kids going to eat that cookie. I, as a behavior therapist, I know usually to focus on what you want people to do, tell them what you want to do instead of what you don't want them to do. And they will tend to do what you want them to do better. So in, in, in the New Testament, Christ said, I didn't come to abolish your laws. I came to fulfill them. That's exactly what he does. So, you know, I use these things because I feel like I want to justify the Bible and I want to show people that there's a lot of great stuff in here. And it's not about what it what it is or how it reads, because we know the Council of Nicaea has done a done a disservice to us by taking books out and changing things around. But to know that this is a book full of wisdom, full of magic, full of understanding, and we need to realize that. In Revelations, it says, and the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by their sorceries were all nations deceived by their sorceries. So when I said earlier that I do believe that there is a small group of humans, the, a small, small group, maybe hundreds of people out of 7 million people, maybe thousands, you know, who really understand the workings of how this world is going on. We didn't just get to this planet where, you know, a, and we're, we're not talking about 1%. You're talking about. 1% of 1% of people, right? Like um, I heard a statistic the other day, like if you make more than $30,000, you're in the top 1% of the world. So we're not talking about 1%. We're talking about a very, very small portion of people who are doing their rituals, who are doing their magic and those kind of things um, in order to take advantage of us. And one of the things that I learned really honestly by doing this presentation was the word pharmakeia which when they talk about sorcery, that's the word, the Greek word that's used is pharmakeia, which means um, sorcery, magical arts, um, administer, administering of drugs. And the word pharmacy comes from pharmakeia, which I think is, you know, wild and, and, and to say the slightest, um, that there are groups of people who are literally using pharmaceutical drugs and drugs against us to put us in zombie-like states to make us more submissive, more manipulative, more manipulated, um, and more suggestible to certain things like television, programming, ideas, misinformation. I mean, dude, misinformation, we've been misinform misinformed since the beginning, you know, since we've been here. Um, because obviously probably aliens did come down and, and take the hominids that were already here and change some and, and take their DNA mixed with theirs and, and made homo sapiens. Um, and that's okay because at the end of the day, we'll evolve much quicker than we would have without them to the extent that we know the darkness and we, then we know the light. That's the whole thing is the light and the dark are duality, but they're all one. Um, so it's to our advantage. So I, I'm never mad or upset that it's happened. And I don't think anybody should be, but Scripture provides numerous instances of healing, either through the power of Christ or the power of his creation, plants, herbs, foods, oils. The same cannot be said from the references to healing through synthetic chemicals, the ingredients of drugs and medicines, 
what scripture does say about these chemicals is where we find the Greek word magical spell or sorcery, which is pharmakeia, pharmacy. Um, so yeah, they are using those things against us. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The voice of the bridegroom, I said this earlier, the voice of the bridegroom, the bride will never be heard in you again. Your merchants were the world's important people. By your magic spell, all nations were led astray. So I have to be really careful, man. We do live in an age of disinformation. And there are a lot of people who, now again, not a lot, a few people who profit and who take advantage of the fact that we are completely disinformed since our libraries, a great, great library of Alexandria, our libraries have been burnt down, our books have been burnt down, our things have been destroyed, our history has not been preserved, our great buildings have been covered up, and the understandings of how to build these things back have been lost to us. And there are people who profit off that, and there are people who love that. But Man, at the again, same time, I ain't mad about it. You're giving me an opportunity to go back and find it. You're giving me an opportunity to go back and learn it again, to remember it, to dive in back into the magic and remember who I am again. What a great, what a great opportunity. Now we've totally lost ourselves. We totally forgot who we were. We totally forgot about the magic and all the things that are possible. And we're living in this little state of fear and worry. And oh my God, it's me. But we have the opportunity now to break through through that by learning some magic, by learning. Um, how to go farther than we ever thought we could. Uh, and another one in the Bible, that's that's good. Um, but outside of the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexual immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood, man, does that not sound like a few people that you know I could name? Name them by name, but I won't. Um, but there are definitely people who are doing some bad things to children, bad things to people, feeding off things and using sexual morality and and practicing falsehood to just completely deceive us and you know again the bible i think spells it out plainly you know the things that have happened and and did happen will happen almost identical i and i made a whole mystery school about apocalyptic resonance so the things that happened in the past would be very similar to the things that happen today and that there's a promised land calling for all of us and we don't need a bunch of money and stuff to get there but if we learn some magic, man, we can really amp up our way and get there a lot quicker. And that's that's what I'm into. So, you know, one of the things that we that we kind of comes to mind when we think about magic is the Magi, the three Magi that came and saw Jesus when he was born, the frankincense, the gold, the myrrh. Um, and Magi means miracle worker, people who could do miracles. So they obviously probably knew something about that North Star um understanding that other people didn't know how to find the christ that was born unto us and how and so you know they're just more connected to astrology they're more connected to themselves and to the universe and nature and they have that higher standing and so they know where to look and how to find things that other people don't know how to find plain and simple real easy um one of the things that comes up a lot for magic is magic wands and i think that it's pretty cool. Most of the historical ones that we talk about usually have are made out of wood and different kinds of wood can do different things. Um, one of the in particular ones I want to share with you guys right now is the holly tree and, um, you know, Hollywood. And obviously, you know, we all think about, you know, the movies and celebrities and stuff that live in Hollywood. I would say that they use that name in particularly because a Hollywood is it you know is is the, the wood that you would use to make a wand to manipulate or cultivate however you want to say it 
nature essence um in hollywood is how they what's one of the aspects of that they're using to manipulate us or 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 convince us of certain things or program certain things again you can use it however you want to but i i am pretty convinced that the word hollywood comes from that particular um understanding that hollywood is a is, is a tree that people use and in I'm not going to get into the the details. Some of you guys may know, but, you know, taking just a small, small portion of a branch on a certain day, on a full moon, on different, different times of cutting these trees um, can do different things. You know, that there are different kinds of magic and spells that can be made. And so different, different wood does different things, harvesting the, the wood at different times, putting your attention in it. But it's always something that we talk about when we talk about magicians and magic, and that's something that's always there. And one of the things that I've known about before, but I again, I wanted to bring to this talk today because I feel like it was important, was that Jesus in many artworks is holding a magic wand or a stick or something. Um, and it's not something that we know about from the Bible. Of course, like I said, the council and I see it, took a lot of stuff out, a lot of books out, a lot of things. But certainly very old paintings, uh, murals. This is uh, Jesus um, raising Lazarus from the dead. Now that is a magical thing, man. Someone is dead, 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 and you raise them from the dead. Um, if you saw someone do that today, most of us would freak out. Um, no wonder they killed Jesus, right? He's doing things that nobody thinks he should be doing. But he's doing what, you know, the father, the universe says, hey, man, you can do all things and greater things. So. Um, and so there's literally pictures and paintings and this is one, again, this is where he's raising Lazarus and he's got a wand in there and then he's turning the water into wine. He's got a wand. I think this other one is the fish and the bread that he fed the 5,000 pe people with. So he had like two fish and five, 35 loaves of bread. And then he amplifies them and goes around. And after everybody's fed, there's, you know, dozens and dozens of baskets of fish and bread. Um, all three events that Jesus was said to perform miracles. And here's just a picture where he's got a wand in him. And I just think that's an incredible thing that like, you know, we don't ever talk about. It's never discussed. It's never something I know I never felt as a kid. I could, if I would have saw something this or known this, I could have brought it up without being completely ostracized or, you know, called blasphemous or something. But here it is, plain as day. These are all pictures of Christ holding a magic wand, doing miracles. And, you know, like I said, he was obviously a magician to be doing the things that he was doing, turning water on, raising people from the dead, walking on water. I mean, these are the things that should not be doable by anybody. And, but it's done by him and he has to have a magic wand and it's done by other people too. And so I just wanted to, I, I love showing things hopefully that most people don't know about and never seen before. Um, but there are certainly, like I said, and I mean, the sculpture like this, this takes a long time to make a long time to do. Um, so, you know, the fact that he's gotten the stick, he's raising Lazarus from the dead. Um, you know, we should, we should really think about that for a second. How come there's so many paintings and murals and uh, artwork with Jesus with the one, is it very possible that, you know, they're the stories that people told after his death was, you know, when he did that, he had that wand, remember? And uh, people are, you know, trying to help us remember, uh, ultimately, go back, be open, leave no stone unturned. If it doesn't resonate, that's fine. But do not leave any stone unturned in your search for the truth, because the truth shall set us all free. 
Another big thing that when we talk about magic is that crystal ball, right? Every every good magician's got a crystal ball that they can scry. And I think it's really important for us to remember that the same crystal that that a magician or a wizard or a witch would look into, a uh, fortune teller would look into to find your future. Um, remember that phone that we all carry around with us all the time. That has the same kind of crystal in it. And it stores gigabytes and gigabytes of information on it, on a little tiny crystal on your phone. So is it possible that larger crystals can store even more information? Well, absolutely, 100% it is. And if we know how to tap into this incredible technology that the universe has given us to use, I 100% do believe that we can see universes in there. We can use it to tell people's fortunes, their own fortunes. And it's just the possibilities of this is where you are in your life right now. It's like a tarot. Like you pull a card and you ask a question. You really think about it. It gives you the right exact thing that you need to see. And those archetypes are there. I have no question. I've done it too many times, blowing my mind, giving me answers and insight. And, you know, ultimately giving me a lot of peace to realize, you know, hey, don't worry about it. It's all it's all going to work out. It's going to pan out. But crystal balls are definitely something that's there. We always see it with these people. And um, I, I think it's worth talking about sharing. It's something that I am just now starting to really get into and trying to scry in, scrying and, um, you know, see. And, and with a lot of care and a lot of um, intention to to do what's right and to use things for the, for the good purpose in the right way. Um, and one of the most incredible crystal anything's I've ever I've ever been around is this thing right here. This is the picture that I took. And this is Max the Crystal Skull. And I will do a more in-depth talk about the crystal skulls and some other mysteries that surround those those particular artifacts. But if you can tell in this picture from the front, that's three different colors. And that's because there's three different crystals. There's also one on the top of his head similar to a yarmulke and the one in the back. I believe it's made of five different types of crystal fused together in a way that we can't fuse it together today. Uh, this is certainly not a natural formation of any kind. Um, it is fused together almost like it was malleable, hot, liquidy, and they just stuck it together and then, you know, cooled off really fast or something. You know, it's a magical process, I would say. Um, what's even more incredible about Max is Max basically is the computer. This is a wireless computer. It's 18 pounds of crystal. And it holds what I would probably consider all the information of the universe that has happened or will ever um, in store to him. And if you can get on the right level, if you can stay calm or relax and ask it, this thing will talk back to you. He has his own voice. He has his own uh, kind of personality, if you will. I do believe, I know it sounds crazy, but I, I believe that the Mayans talk about these 13 crystal skulls coming together in a time when we need it the most. There's about seven or eight, maybe a little, maybe nine or so that people could agree that probably where Max is definitely one. The Anna Mitchell Hedges skull is one, one in British Museum. There's a few handfuls out there, uh, one in the Smithsonian. Um, but here's one of the few that goes around to the country uh, and just just transferred from Joanna Parks to a new new girl. And I'm really desperately trying to hard to bring Max to Colorado Springs, to be honest with you guys. Uh, I've slept next to this thing, uh, literally next to my end table, and I could feel my conscience like 
being pulled in and out all night long and have these incredible experiences and taking me on these incredible adventures and journeys. Um, we need to see crystals like that again. We need to see crystals as like their own little personal entities of themselves and, you know, and can help us out and not just little things we wear on our necklaces and stuff, but they have information embedded in them. And I do believe that this is like this ultimate computer that needs no interface, no keyboard, uh, you know, no mouse. You can literally talk to it and it can talk back to you. It can send you and it can direct energy around and it can create magical things to happen. Um, I've experienced it. I've been there. It was something I was 100% drawn to. I haven't seen it in many, many years, but I probably saw it up to three or four times. And, you know, the last couple of times were like for a whole weekend. Uh, it was life transforming uh, to be around something of that nature with that kind of energy. And so I think it's just really cool to to realize, you know, like, let's not be scared of stuff. Let's let's dive into the deep mysteries of life, because um, there is no time like the present. It is a dire situation for us to go above and beyond what we've been told is possible and learn some new stuff. Right. And I think one of the other big things that I definitely believe. It goes along with magic is spells, right? And what you're going to say you want to put in the universe and spelling in general and the way that words are created and made. And um, when you go back and look at stuff like history, his story, and and all these ways to say things, I think English is probably one of the most poor uh, renditions of language, if you will. Um, it doesn't have the resonance and the invoking of, 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 of sounds and stuff. Uh, sound technology that Sanskrit has or Hebrew has or Aramaic has. Those are really rich languages that use, you know, uh, sound technologies and vibration and resonance to bring forth things. Um, and so spelling to spell things and to spell and to write, uh, to create little um, symbols of words of things that we want to manifest and things. Um, that is definitely a huge part of magic. And that's what I'm thinking. We all know what we believe we can achieve and all those great things, but there's a lot to it more beyond believing and manifesting the, the mind when it comes to magic. There are, I mean, abracadabra, right? Abracadabra means I, I, I create what I speak in the, in the Hebrew, I believe. Um, so, you know, the word abracadabra is really like a real magical word. Um, and so, you know, I, I really want to emphasize the fact that it's more than just the law of attraction, but it's emotions and feelings and words and crystal balls and wands and like, you know, the essence of the higher understanding and technology of our of nature and our, our essence of who we really are. So it's a big thing. And there's a lot to it. And again, that's why I said I'm just going to just touch the surface tonight on some of the things. But one of the people that I learned about long ago in the beginning of my awakening, probably 2007 or 2008, was a guy named John D. And I was super attracted to what he was doing, what he was talking about. One of the biggest things that I ever found was this guy right here. I don't know if you can see it too well in that picture. You want to I can make it bigger. Make it bigger for a second. And the monad. And he's got, you know, the moon and the sun and the elements and the fire bringing this all together. And in his words, basically to create a glyph of his own design meant to express the mystical unity of all creation, bringing all these elements. And I, you know, I, I bought his book recently. And I've been reading the whole thing, Hieroglyphic Monad, and trying to understand more so of um, what he was saying with this. I mean, this guy wrote this book in 13 days because he said that he was channeling 
basically angels who gave him this information and he had a whole book written in 13 days. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty incredible. And then, I mean, to me, when you look at the symbol, it's so coherent. There's so much about it. You're just like, there's so much going on there. And I, and I don't even understand it. And um, a lot of people back in his day did not understand it. And, and, you know, the universities and the higher learning places back then didn't acknowledge him and his uh, understanding. But John D., um, John D. was an incredible dude, probably one of the greatest scientists of our time or, or, or of the history. Um, he was a mathematician, an astronomer, an astrologer, a teacher, an occultist, an alchemist. Um, he was the court astronomer for Elizabeth I. And he spent much of his time on alchemy, divination, hermetic philosophy, which if you guys don't know anything about hermeticism and the hermetic laws go and check them out because i can guarantee you those are the magical laws of the entire universe whether you live on mars or jupiter or some other solar system and or, or whatever the same laws appear um and you know and they're incredible and he had one of the largest libraries in england at the time and the dude was it was a he was a magician he was a scientist he was an astrologer he was you know he, he was incredibly renaissance man and people did think back in his day that he was a um, kind of a sorcerer. And basically his relationship with King with Queen Elizabeth kept him from being murdered or killed. Um, but he took, like I said, he took these, he created these books and he channeled these things in. He's responsible. That's literally a, a picture on my, on my shirt and uh, the picture out of his book, the sun, the moon, the elements, the fire. And he puts all these things together. And this is called the monad. Um, and the whole book is with the hieroglyphic monads all about this, but he, but he's responsible for what we now call the Enochian language and the Enochian alphabet. And what's cool about that is according to D, uh, this is what, this is the language that Adam spoke before the fall. This is what, this is, this is what Adam spoke. It was this resonant, incredible language that the Enochian language is said to be the, the language of the angels. And that if you could speak this language, you could call in the angels and come in one by one until, you know, they're with you. And imagine how much more power do you have than how much more creation is there how much more understanding is there how much more self-esteem courage bravery everything you know what i mean if you knew the language of angels and i mean you know i i'm not saying that i couldn't call in archangel gabriel or uriel or something with if english but if there's a resonance to sanskrit and to enochian language and to hebrew and aramaic that english has lost and these people were able to call on these things and 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 have magical words that created resonance and uh, you know power to them that could pull things in. That's real sexy to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I, I want to know it. I want I I want to call in angels to help me download it to help me understand these these secrets that have seemed to elude us because we don't really care. We're so inundated and in making money and, and working and 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 literally just being afraid of who we really are that we're not daring enough to ask those big questions. We don't think we're we don't think we're good enough to ask those big questions. But damn it, if I'm not good enough, right? If I'm not the one that came here to save the world, if I didn't come here with the greatest mission, I did come here with that. And I do deserve to 
love myself, to acknowledge myself, to be totally enamored with everything that is. And I'm part of it. I'm not separate from it. I am that too. And so I think, you know, why not me? You know, why not me? Why not? Do I not do the miracles? Do I not do the same things that Jesus said we could do and greater things only because I don't believe it? Can I not achieve it? So, I, you know, I'm into it. I've, 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 I bought his mystery books. I bought his uh, monad book and I'm reading them and I'm getting into it and I'm doing it with, with, with mindfulness and understanding and not to do anything to harm myself or anybody else, but simply, you know, be a conduit to which spirit can come in me. Holy spirit can come in me, guide me, guys, show me at this point, at this point in time here. Now, if there's, I, I was always asked, I'm not always asked, but you know, you know, everybody, you know, kind of has, no, maybe not everybody. Most folks seem to have a superpower that you want to have. Some folks want to fly or jump, be jumpers and jump to any place at the time they want to, or, um, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, uh, if you could have any superhero ability, what would it be? I have always, since I was a little kid, uh, and probably because I was in a car accident and in a wheelchair for a while and, you know, and, and understood that suffering, I always wanted to be able to heal people of anything and everything. I thought that would be, I mean, you would, you would always be in demand, you know what I mean? Like, uh, what a great feeling it would be to heal people, to be at that moment in time where the blind see, where the lame walk, where um, someone with, you know, leprosy or sores on there, all of a sudden it's gone. I mean, you'd be the coolest person in the world and you would be, you wouldn't need wealth as in money, but every person would would want you to come to their house. Every person would feed you and give you stuff and you wouldn't even need money. Everybody would take care of you. You would come to my house and talk to my son, you know, do that. I mean, whatever you would be, you know, I think that just would be the most incredible, awesome, grateful power to have. Um, something I have always been completely enamored with is this incredible, magical healing, this instantaneous of alleviation of suffering and pain, you know, usually physical, but obviously mental and emotional and spiritual as well. But I've always wanted to do that. I've always, I've always been most excited about talking about the miracles that Jesus performed in that way. Um, and so I, I, I want it, man. I want it. And I work with populations of people who suffer and who are hurting and who have physical ailments and people who are blind and people who can't talk. And man, I just can't imagine what it would be like to heal someone of that. And I know that ultimately it's going to take, you know, you have to completely heal yourself first. You have to be the ultimate healer is to heal yourself first. The ultimate magician is to understand who you really are, to get down deep into what you're really made out of. And, and, and that I know is one of the foundations of learning magic and healing, but I do think that we're all capable of those things. And if we can really heal ourselves and, and, and do that, then we can heal others. Um, that's where I'm going, man. And I think that I, I work with this population to find empathy, to have love for people, no matter what they look like or how they talk or don't talk or just loving them because they're here. It gives me a great opportunity to be with people and, and listen to them and just be there and hold space for people um, that I feel like has given me a power and an understanding that I wouldn't have without it. Um, so I, I, that is, like I said, I, 
more than anything, you know, I, I want to heal people. I want to move mountains. I want to move cancers. I want to, to do those things because man, people deserve it. You don't have to go pay a hundred thousand dollars to the, to a doctor who's been, you know, indoctrinated into a system that's, you know, pretty much completely funded by pharmaceutical companies for pharmaceutical drugs. And, and no, nah, man, we're entitled to heal each other. We're entitled to heal our own bodies and without scalpels and knives and, you know, tons of equipment and money and radiation. Nah, dude, we can heal ourselves. And Christ gave us that permission. He didn't say, this is only mine, only mine. I'm the only one that can do it. He said, no, nah, you can do it too. And even greater than that. I think it's time to break up with normal what's normal and what's okay. And what we've been taught is fine. And this is, this is a book that's, you know, read, this is what's, this is what we're capable of. This is what everyone agrees is okay. I don't care about that normal stuff anymore. I want a magical life. I want to go all the way. I want to learn everything that there is to learn. I want to leave no stone unturned and, you know, whether it helps me or not, you know, fine. I, it doesn't matter. I, I just need to figure it out and learn it. And I'll make the decision whether it was right for me. But at, at this point, I haven't found anything that wasn't helpful in some way, not at least in some way. But until we learn to break up with what's normal, you're never going to see magic. You have to go beyond that. You have to go beyond the logic and the reason. Um, this is the magical world, magical universe. And it's only because we've been programmed and someone told us that it wasn't. Someone told us that. You know, you have to work and you have to get a job. Money don't grow on trees and, you know, life is hard. And like, I mean, yeah, it's challenging. There are challenges, but it's an adventure and we're the hero of our own journey. So, you know, you want to climb mountains. If you don't, if everything's super easy, you don't really learn and grow as much. So, you know, see those things and, and, and bask in the beauty and, and revel in the, in the challenge and, and be here now and, and realize, you know, it's part of the journey. It's part of it. You know, you'll be better because of it. Um, yeah, I want to feel the magic in the air. I want to transform completely who I am and what I think is possible to beyond my wildest dreams. Cause I know it's true. I know that my guides and my spirits and, uh, entities are guiding me into a world that maybe was scary for a long time, but now I'm not scared anymore. I'm not scared of a pentagram or, you know, magic or something because I was told for my whole life that you should have messed up. The Bible says, don't do that. And, you know, and, but I understand how to read it now. I understand, you know, what it's saying. It's like a technology, right? If, if there's a UFO that crashed out there tomorrow, you might be able to take some of it apart and to make a car out of or something, but that thing could fly around with anti-gravity, you know, that some of us, we wouldn't know how to do that. We might be able to reverse engineer some things and learn how to do some things and eventually maybe go all the way. But the Bible is like a technology like that too. It's got this vast amounts of information and, and wealth and magic in it. And we have to see it like that and not just see it as this, oh, it's this old book that doesn't is relevant anymore. I tell you what, I can't tell you how many times the Holy Spirit or Spirit or God has talked to me and, you know, said, go read this book and then go read the Bible and I'll go read it, that book and I'll go read the Bible. And I, I don't even, you know, you don't even know where to open up. You just start opening up and you read it and I'll be at the exact page I need to see. And I'll be right where the other book left off. And I just randomly opened the Bible. It's a magic book, man. You got to be magical too, to use it. You know what I mean? 
it's not as some some of it's operator error, right? If you're not getting what you need out of it, like change the operation of how you think and how you see things and see things is more magical and see things is more incredible. And maybe your experience will be more like that and become fearless. You know, life becomes magically limitless when we become fearless. Like there's nothing else. You know what I mean? Like the darkness no longer scares me. I've been through the darkness. I've been through hell on earth, right? In fact, going through hell has made me realize if I was powerful enough to create hell on earth, then I got to be powerful enough to create heaven on earth for myself too. And the hell no longer scares me. The darkness no longer scares me. Demons don't scare me, right? Because why? Turn them into your friends. Turn them into um, you know entities that are helping you because I'm not afraid of them. Why, why be afraid? What are you going to do to me? Kill me? I've died many, many times. Not just in this life, but all you know, all the reincarnation that we do, we're die many times to realize you're just going to keep doing it over and over again. You're going to change. You're going to transform. You're going to die, and you're going to be born and dying and born, being born are the same thing. And it ultimately, there's nothing to be afraid of. You're it. You're not going anywhere. You're already there. So become fearless. All of us need to become completely fearless, masterful, disciplined. You know, I, I, I when you when we see people like Merlin and these real magicians, like, you know, that they got discipline and, you know, you know, it takes to be an apprentice. That's what I want to be more today. I want to be an apprentice. I want this magical entity to come into my life, to make me an apprentice, to show me the things, to give me the books to read. And I am, I am your apprentice and I'll work. And I think that's what, what a great way to learn things, right? Not have to go to some school where you, you know, we have to read things you don't agree with or whatever. Finding that person who's got the thing that you want to be in the prince or find, you know, that feeling or that spirit or whatever. I, I believe that there are spirits that are more than ever. They're here right now to help us, to be with us, to be here now, to show us, hey, man, we're here for you. You know, now is the time, you know, that we, we promised, you know, we're, we're always here and we are at a time now that we've all wanted to be in. Man, this is the graduation, the great purification. Um the transformation, the zero point, we are there and leave no stone unturned, become completely fearless, let nothing hold you back. Um, because if you do, you're going to get held back. We've all of us, we've all had that power. We just have to learn for ourselves. It's, we have to learn the technology. We have to learn the understanding. We have to realize all that power is in us. It's not something that somebody else knows. Somebody else can only can only do. Someone else has the understanding of every single one of us have the power. And you got to want it. And you got to be ready. Because when you're ready, the teacher will appear. And that may be a person. It may be a book. It may be a feeling. It may be a spirit. It may be an event. But I know because I've had enough happen this past couple of months in my, and, you know, 15, 16 years of really awakening um, to information. Um, to know that I know when I have synchronicity, I know when angels have gathered around me, clapping and cheering me on and I ball out crying and the, a feeling of unconditional love encompasses my whole body and I get goosebumps everywhere. And you're just like, ah, you know, like, ah, it's just, I want to be there all the time. And I know that I can get there, you know, we just have to keep working on it. So, you know, we have to be around those people who, who are happy enough and believers enough in magic. And people who are magical, who are believers and happy. Um, I want to be around those people. I want to be around people who believe in it, not people who don't think it, um, not people who are afraid. I want to be around those folks who really want to push me. And if there's nobody, I'd rather be walk with nobody. 
and believe in it myself than can't find anybody. But I know, I know in this day and time, I'm not the only one. You guys are not the only one watching right now. There are a lot of us now, a lot. And we all think that we're the minority man. I mean, there, I mean, even something like the movie, like Sound of Freedom made like 150 million. You know, the, the world may be telling you something ain't going on, but the statistics are showing us that there's a whole lot of us who realize some things that are going on um, that people are telling us aren't true, that that magic is real, that we are the creators and the manifest manifestors of our reality. And we have the power. I mean, you may think that we're in the minority, but I I feel every day more and more, I feel the collective conscious starting to rise, that we are in a much more higher majority than we believe, that there are a lot more people who understand these things, who are waking up. And now, even if you're someone who's you know, totally asleep, totally believe in everything that's being you know, the propaganda that's told you on social media and television, everywhere else. Sometimes all it takes is one event, one thing, one sledgehammer blow for the universe, one job loss, one relationship loss, bam, to put you in a place where you are susceptible to being open and it can change you in a moment and you're ready for all that is um, because there's nothing else. You got nothing else left. You got nothing else to live for unless there's something else. So I've been there and I know a lot of you guys out there listening right now have been there. Um, It only takes one event. So have hope for those, you know, you know, as well as I do, you can't necessarily wake anybody up, but you can give people breadcrumbs. You can help people out when they're ready, but, you know, stay hopeful, plant those seeds, say something that somebody can't forget. They're going to remember it no matter what, Um, you know, love those people. Don't be mad at them. Man, people have been put under a hypnotic spell to believe certain things, to follow certain orders, to do things they think are good for their health that are not. So that's all right. Even if they die from those things, that's fine. They're going to come back and do it again. And I imagine that they'll have learned something from those experiences. Um, I truly believe that. I feel like to me personally, I feel like everyone, you need the lesson you need to learn while you're here. You don't want to kill people and murder people who don't believe the same thing you do necessarily because they don't learn it one i'd rather them learn it now than than we die because our our beliefs aren't the same but if that makes sense uh i want people to learn the lessons in this lifetime right you don't want like someone say like adolf hitler or something you know like he is a terrible person that should die like man adolf hitler is coming back reincarnating back to whatever um I want him to learn lessons in this lifetime, not to be murdered because he did bad things. Man, some of the worst things I've ever done in my entire life put me on a path to being the best person I could possibly be because I felt bad for him or I had empathy for others because of it. Or I didn't want to continue to bring forth things and misery and suffering to myself based on the person that I was. So some of the worst things I ever did helped me out be the best person I am. It's okay. You know, we may not understand, we may not agree with them, but everybody's got their own journey. No judgment, man, and understand that. Um, and certainly, let's not kill the magic and the mystical with logic. As I said before, magic doesn't live in the logical realm. There, there are there is some logic to it of science and technology and understanding and wands and crystal balls. But at the end of the day, magic, uh, magic and mystical. Um, don't kill the magic and the mystical with logic because they exist in two different spaces. You know what I mean? There's this entire realm of reality that we can't see, that we're not hearing uh, light that we don't see um, sounds that we can't hear. 
there's a whole other world of other dimensions available to us that we're not that we're not experiencing but that we can or maybe we are affected by it slightly but we we don't we don't understand how it works but i can guarantee you that all these other realities all intertwined with us definitely uh we're always interacting with that you know the butterfly effect and things like that things that we're saying into the universe and um yeah but don't don't get it twisted magic and mystical stuff and logic man they all all that stuff and they are all kind of all one and the same too but they don't kill it don't kill the magic and the mystical with logic it's you know it is something that's not available to us if we if we kill it with that so must be those modern day wizards right this is i love this picture because it's the, the wizard floating in the subway we can be those people right just because we don't see it on television just because we you know think it only happens in movies doesn't mean it can happen right now because you've never seen it doesn't mean it's not possible I mean, there's definitely a sorcery that doesn't want us to think that magic is possible. Why don't we become the magical modern wizards of our time, learning these things and understandings, showing the others that it's possible, waking them up with it and helping them realize, you know, hey, look, come to, you know, come to who you really are, know who you really are. Um, We're coming down to a huge point in our evolution and the zero point where I think, you know, when people talk about final battles and things happening before this great thousand years of peace or this golden call Yuga or golden age or whatever, you know, there's some stuff that goes down. There's some transformation that has to happen. There's some things that got to go down. And I really do believe that people who have found the magic in themselves are able to use magic can transform this world into a place that is incredible. And we can use that to you know, evolve, to grow, to transform, to be who we really came here to be. These, these incredible magicians, these magi, miracle workers. Um, it's something that we've all been promised to do. And um, I think I'm it's incredibly grateful to have what I feel like is this muse. And I, you know, I call it Nostradamus. Um, and I have for more than a well over a decade, maybe close to 15 years, this entity that I feel like has come to me and Nostradamus with the G on the front, like Gnosis or Gnostic, one who knows or knowledge. And I feel like it divulges this incredible information towards me. And I almost have to like dumb it down to like speak it and to understand it. And as time goes by and synchronicities happen, I start to understand this information more and more. But one of the biggest things is magic. And I, I want to give it to you guys tonight to know that you're magical, to know that you're beautiful and that each and every one of us are wizards, witches, whatever you want to call yourself, magicians. And we can transform ourselves and this world and it can happen a whole lot quicker than we can possibly imagine. But we have to use our imagination and do it. And um, so I just want to thank you guys all tonight. I'm incredibly grateful to be here on Ascension Works TV as always. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the talk tonight. Please like and subscribe. Um, if you... If you're interested in just having a one-on-one session with me, message me on Ascension Works, um, YouTube, whatever else. I would love to go into the mysteries with you, uh, see if we can find your muse for you and um, you know your your spirit guides and, and help you come into the mysteries. 
Um, Christ said, for those who are worthy, I, I divulge my mysteries to you in uh, the Gnostic Gospels. And um, you're all worthy. You just got to know it. And if you can find that, uh, you certainly will be amazed with what is divulged to you uh, in particular and the things that you would love to probably know about, things you don't even know that you would love to know about right now. Um, but yeah, and, and any the donations are all on Central Works Television. Um, please help me out and, and um, you know, give and, and like and subscribe and let's get the message out because I feel like to me, it's all about empowering others. You know, I'd love to do this for a regular job more than anything, uh, but I am totally grateful. I am thankful for this opportunity. The light in me sees, honors, and recognizes the light and divine each and every single one of you. Namaste. Namaste.